0: bats
1: sneakers bees welcome to knickknack news i'm anthony
0: and i'm alex and my first story today is health news this is from newsweek.com and the headline is alarming study shows bat flu can spread to humans
1: there's a bat flu now <laughs> Apparently. Oh, man.
0: There's a bat flu. It's like swine flu, except it's a bat flu.
1: Or like avian flu. Yeah. I can't keep bird track flu. of all of these.
0: There's swine flu, bird flu, and now there's bat flu. And, people, and those are the ones people, that I know. And what
1: about people flu? And that one. Spanish flu. Influenza. Uh, uh,
0: Every strain of influenza.
1: One flu over the cuckoo's nest. That's, <laughs> a, that's <Yes>. nothing.
0: <laughs> okay. So scientists first discovered bat flu viruses in 2012, Although these were influenza A, they were something str- there was something strange about them. The way that they infected their host cells seemed to be different from other influenza A viruses. Given the justified fear over zoonotic diseases, meaning diseases that cross from animals to humans, such as bird flu, the race was on to discover how these viruses operated. Scientists at the University of Zurich have just won that race. They recently reported in the journal Nature that they have identified the gateway receptor that lets the bat flu viruses enter their host cells and cause infection. Unfortunately, this receptor also exists on the cells of certain livestock and, more worryingly, humans. Oh, good. In the new research from Switzerland, researchers discovered that the bat flu viruses enter the host cells via proteins on the cell surface called MCH2. This finding is alarming because these protein receptors are very similar across a number of species, including mice, pigs, and chickens. Because of the role farm animals play in transmitting flu to humans, it appeared the bat flu virus has the potential to either infect humans directly or by first infecting other animals and then could be transmitted to humans through other animals.
1: Good, good, all good. Fun
0: facts, bats make up 20% of all known mammals and are carriers of over 65, that's what this article said, 65 human pathogens, including Ebola, SARS, and Nipah viruses. I don't know what that third one is, but yeah. Uh, And these viruses have been transmitted from bats to humans, either directly or through intermediate hosts. And now bat flu is just another virus that can be added to that list. It said 20% of known mammals... I don't know if they meant like like carriers, known... Hold on, let me just check... The article and make sure that I didn't like. Yeah, I'm curious
1: now because is, is it like twenty percent of all mammals on like Earth by what like mass are are bats or twenty percent of like known species of mammal are bats or
0: bats make up twenty percent of all known mammals. That's what the article says. There is no source for that data though, so I don't know. Huh. Like there's a lot of different species of bats.
1: That's yeah, no. And there I, like, are many
0: of them. There are like flocks of them ever. So like I'd I could it. see it being like a high percentage.
1: Sure. I just I'd never I guess I'd never would have thought of it. That high? Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's a lot That's of what bats. it says. It's, it's Newsweek. I don't know. It is a lot of bats. Have you ever seen like a flock of bats? Yeah. They're around here. Oh yeah. They're everywhere. We got bats. They're like all over the world.
1: Bats for days. Because we don't have the we don't have like the giant ones here, though.
0: No, they're just small. Yeah, and I thought relatively harmless. Although they carry rabies around here in Ohio, in the U.S., (laughs) not Ebola, at at least to my knowledge. (laughs) For now. (laughs) Um. But yeah, they just they carry all these diseases, and basically they just found another one, and they actually found the pathway through which it travels to humans. So.
1: So we found it. So we found it, and it's possible for us to get it. Awesome. (laughs) love that for
0: us (laughs) that's the health news of today have fun with that news listeners
1: the first story that i brought is food news did you hear that question
0: mark i did
1: Uh, this comes from usa today avocado toast sneakers are now a thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) what no we're
1: expecting that third word huh
0: no i wasn't
1: um Don't worry, it's not like (laughs) shoes made out of actual avocado toast, though it's not much better. Um, I'm mostly bringing this up to shame this company. Uh, (laughs) Also, I've never... They're like Saucony or Saucony. Have you seen this? S-A-U-C-O-N-Y? No. I've I've never heard of this company, but they talked about them like they're somebody I should know. Um, But now they're selling a sneaker inspired by, quote, millennials' favorite food, which I would debate, like...
0: That's not true.
1: No, I don't like. I don't even know any millennials who are like that into avocado toast. Frankly, it's fine. It's
0: fine. Like it's. It's
1: in as much as I like toast and avocados, which I do, because like it
0: tastes good. But am I like craving it ever? No, I've
1: never. I've never craved avocado toast. I've seen it and thought that looks good. That's about it. Anyway. Uh, The name of the shoe is also ridiculous. The Shadow 6000 Avocado Toast. What? (laughs) That's it. That's the name of the shoe. (laughs) It's made out of brown leather and what the company calls green smashed avocado textured suede, which I think is just probably suede. And it features red pepper flake speckle on the collar lining and a sacamole logo on the heel which is like a play on their company name in guacamole
0: which is the
1: the shoes cost 130 dollars and only 1200 pairs were made
0: you know how you were like visibly upset by some of the (laughs) stories last week yes i feel that way about this
1: want to feel worse
0: I don't know, do I?:
1: As of 3:30 p.m. Um, on Wednesday, 11 of the 17 sizes were no longer ab- available oh on the company's website. So not only do Who they exist, bu- they're, they're selling very well.: <laughs> Who
0: is buying these?
1: Uh, and it gets worse.: Who
0: is buying these?
1: Celebrate your health kick, the company's site says. It's everything you Avo wanted even if the guac is extra.
0: No. Like I said, I brought this
1: partially just to shame this company. No. Um, This is apparently not the first time this company has turned to a menu for shoe inspiration. They teamed up with Dunkin' Donuts in March 2018. I guess I should say the company formerly known as Dunkin' Donuts, because now I think they're just Dunkin'. Dunkin'. To create a donut-themed sneaker decorated with pictures of sprinkles, coffee, and donuts, and the Dunkin' Donuts logo. So, why
0: would you buy sneakers with a Dunkin' Donuts logo I on it? Don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know what makes the, people this do like these things. Not,
0: this isn't even like these ideas are not even like oh that's cute and hilarious to me. That's just like why would you buy that? Like, but wait. Okay, there's, there's more. more.
1: So other companies have also done shoes based on food. Nike's done desserts, chicken and waffles, Starbucks breakfast cereals, and Krispy Kreme. Apparently, they've had shoes for all of those. Uh, Converse has a sneaker with a Coca-Cola theme and Vans who like, they're at least known for like putting like fun designs and stuff on their shoes. Yeah. They've had things like tacos and pizza and cupcakes and hamburgers, just like that one I'll forgive. Cause that's well, kind of like their thing. Yeah. And it's not like they're making a shoe that looks somewhat like avocado toast, which I'll show you a picture this one. It's like, it's fine. Um, in March 2018, Pizza Hut also jumped in on this, and in,
0: Pizza I, Hut. I can't
1: believe we didn't find this story. Uh, well, actually, no. 20, March 2018, we wouldn't have been. Oh, the that podcast. was right
0: before. We, yeah. Um,
1: anyway, Pizza Hut unveiled its Bluetooth technology-enabled pie tops too. Apparently, there was the first one, <laughs> which let the wearer order pizza by pressing a button oh on the shoe. God. What are the chances that you accidentally like order pizza? That just seems like, like a, a terrible choice. Like 100% chance to choice. accidentally
0: order pizza.
1: And I just had to share this quote. <laughs> it's from a some guy named Matt Powell, who is the senior industry advisor for sports at the research firm NPD Group. So he's not even part of this company. He's just commenting on it as like a research group. His quote was, the pleasant experience of having avocado toast at brunch on Sunday allows you to carry the feeling into your shoes as well. What? What? <laughs> What are you talking about wait, Matt say, like, Wait
0: say that again. The say pleasant again.
1: experience of having avocado toast at brunch on Sunday allows you to carry the feeling into your shoes as well. first what? of all, what is that sentence structure like, what do you <laughs> what do, What is it like to wear what shoes that, that feel like brunch like I, I just my eyes just rolled sorry, into the back of my head as okay, I read this article. <laughs> You all right there? I
0: can't, no, I'm not all right. That's the funniest thing I've heard in long time. What does it mean to have shoes that feel like brunch? <laughs> Best question.
1: I mean, like, I love brunch. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> me too. I've never felt the need to put it on my feet.
0: Um, I want shoes that feel like brunch, but I want them for a reasonable price, not... um. And honestly, like, I
1: want, like, an ex-Benedict or, And I want them like, to
0: look like normal shoes.
1: Like a biscuits and but gravy? I just want I them know. to
0: make me feel like I'm having brunch.
1: So here's a picture of this nonsense. Okay. Yeah. It's, they're green shoes. They're like, green with brown, and they've got... Honestly, those colors are ugly. They're, Sorry. They're really not very pretty shoes.
0: Sorry if you bought these and you're listening to this, but, like... Also,
1: they have a white sole, and those always get dirty so quickly. So... I don't know. It's just...
0: Like, those colors don't look good on shoes. I'm sorry. No, I'm just gonna, like, rip into this. I don't like the style of it. I don't like... Like, the underlying shoe style itself looks... Like, I don't know, not fun either. Like, what is that? I don't like it at all. Hate it.
1: Honestly, gotta say, though, the avocado toast in the picture looks pretty good. (laughs)
0: Let me see that. Let me see that. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're not helping our cases millennials, but whatever. If something looks good, I'm gonna call they it. They
0: should just sell the avocado toast and not the shoes.
1: I think they're a shoe company, so that'd be kind of a weird brand like brand shit for them. How
0: how would that be more weird than no. avocado toast shoes?
1: No, not at all. I didn't have to think about that for a second. No, it would not be more weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's my point. My next story is technology news. This is from The Verge. Google announced this week that it has made energy produced by wind farms more viable using the artificial intelligence software of its London-based subsidiary, DeepMind. DeepMind's machine learning algorithm uses weather data to predict the wind output from the wind farms. The company says it can now schedule set deliveries of energy output, which are more valuable to the grid than standard non-time-based deliveries. So basically, like, if you heard of this, of like, with like the problem with like wind farms is that it's so like variable, like what Mm -hmm. the output of the energy is, that that causes issues with like planning and like knowing how to. I I don't quite understand all the and when to have them like even
1: operational and things like yeah,
0: like there's there's all these sorts of like planning optimizations that get messed up because they don't know how much energy is going to be generated by the windmills on any given day, so. Basically, they have this algorithm now that can look at weather patterns and just, like, predict that, like, 36 hours in advance. And, like, then they just optimize off of that. Um, that's awesome. And uh, it's really cool. And there's actually this GIF, GIF, however you pronounce it.
1: It's it's GIF, but we'll, we'll okay. move past
0: that. Showing you how it works. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that cool? And we will post the link, obviously, so you can see this if you want, but... They have like an example in the article about like showing like how it predicts ahead of time where the energy output will be, um, and it's following it pretty. It's pretty yeah, closely. I mean it's
1: definitely getting like the ups and downs correct. It miss, mm-hmm. like it misses one like
0: the one peak, giant like it peak, it didn't, but
1: like it predicted it would be higher at that point. Yeah, and otherwise it's sticking really closely to the prediction. That's really cool, and yeah, I'm sure it so, can only get better with more time. That's right, because like the, the, the more
0: the longer you do, like the more data it has, it'll just train. Mm -hmm. more and more and like it should in theory get more and more um, specific. This
1: is the this is the cool stuff that like AI is going to really just like I I feel like that's just going to blow up like in the next decade.
0: Oh it definitely will. 100% will. This is exactly the kind of thing because it's like we had nothing doing this before so it's not like mm -hmm. it's not like it's replacing a person necessarily. It's like it's doing something that like would have been like some type of really either really difficult task that like humans can't do or something that's like really tedious, repetitive type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's doing
1: what computers are great at. They're great at crunching a ton of data and like and yeah. in, in like and like doing math rapidly and right. like making prediction models on that kind of thing, which like would normally require a lot more effort and out like of a, a human. A human
0: could technically do this, mm-hmm. but it's like how much time would that take? You'd have to go through like all of these like weather variables and like look at what the pattern was and humans, past, and humans and humans like, don't scale as well as computers do. That's to, just
1: that's the that's fact. That's just a
0: thing, yeah. So you connect it can take more to so much network, data. You
1: have more processing power, whereas with like humans, it's it's not it's not as easy. You don't plug into another person and suddenly you're like twice as effective.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's just um, computers enable this. So this is so cool. So so Google says, "quote The variable nature of wind itself makes it an unpredictable energy source, less useful than one that can reliably deliver power at a set time." We can't eliminate the variability of wind, but our early results suggest that we can use machine learning to make wind power sufficiently more predictable and valuable. This approach also helps bring greater data rigor to wind farm operations, as machine learning can help wind farm operators make smarter, faster, and more data-driven assessments of how their power output can meet electricity demand. So it was really cool. I thought it was cool. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Uh, I I, I love hearing about things like like this. It's
0: it's awesome because this is actually like a practical, like... Mm Like in the article, it said that they didn't really announce like where they're deploying this right now, but it seems like they're gonna just like deploy this and start using it. So I love examples of like, "Yep, we can just use this now, and it's gonna improve stuff." Like, right? It's great.
1: Yeah.
0: Ah. It makes me happy. So cool. It's exciting. I don't know. I wonder if
1: they'll be able to do something similar with solar power because there is a oh, yeah. there's a certain amount of variability to that too. It's a little more predictable because of the you know day night pattern. <laughs> but, <laughs> but even yeah. things like cloud coverage and stuff can affect solar is generated and yeah
0: that's true it, it probably could be applied to that something but like you said i think probably the problem is less it's less of a problem with solar because mm-hmm. of like the only thing that would impact it is like like rainy cloudy weather like if you could predict that ahead of time you would know like oh it's gonna be less this day or whatever but right um
1: it's, yeah it's cool it's stuff cool. all right my next story is entertainment news Forgive me. I try not to do this too often, but I brought a video game story, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is always a little self-indulgent, but... That's okay. Whatever. I love it. Uh, this is from Kotaku. Uh, today, Nintendo announced uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield for Switch. What it's is like, that? It's So, um, you know how the Pokemon games always come out in pairs? You've had red and blue, gold and silver. Yeah. Diamond and pearl, ruby and sapphire. I switched the order on those two. Black and white, X and Y, and then most recently, sun and moon. Yes. So... The newest generation, which is Generation 8, which is wild to think about because, like, Pokemon has been around, like, my entire life. <laughs> um, but the new generation is Sword and Shield. So those are going to be the two versions. Um, okay. And they were officially announced this morning in a uh, in a live video. They're going to release this fall on the Nintendo Switch. Um the uh, the pair of games are going to be three dimensional and self shaded, which is similar to the previous generation Sun and Moon. Except Sun and Moon was on the 3DS, and this is going to be the very first like mainstream Pokemon game that's on uh, like a home console Co- instead of on a handheld Yeah, one, which is pretty cool. That is um, really cool. People have been wanting this for a while. It looks it looks really nice too, especially compared to some of the handheld games. Um, they're going to take place in a new region called uh, the Galar region um that appears to be loosely based off of the United Kingdom. Oh. Which is something they they've done every generation has like the location has been very loosely based on some real world place. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the first I think four generations were all based on different locations in Japan. The fifth was New York City. Sixth was France and then the seventh was Hawaii. Oh. So they've just like they just Just to to kind of inspire them, so it's got it. It does look like it has kind of a medieval, but like also modern industrial vibe to it. Hmm. Um, And the game will, of course, feature a whole bunch of new Pokemon, including the three starters that they revealed today,
0: which are called
1: uh, Grookey, Score Bunny, and Sobble, (laughs) which are just which are great.
0: Do you have photos? I do
1: have photos. The uh, Grookey is a grass type chimpanzee um score bunny is a fire type rabbit and sobble is a water type lizard that just looks like it's sad all the time which is why i think it's called sobble which is really cute um here's pictures of them
0: (laughs) sobble Sobble, is
1: my favorite so far because it just like it looks like anxious (laughs) i thought
0: i would like the bunny the best but i actually like Grookey.
1: do you like Grookey? cute is my least favorite (laughs) but that's okay
0: I probably if I was playing it I would pick the bunny though.
1: Yeah. That makes yeah. The bunny
0: Fire type bunny, that sounds Fire-type awesome. The bunny
1: does look cool. Um but yeah, I'm I'm really into sobble the anxious the anxious lizard. <laughs> 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 but yeah, like I said, they'll be released later this year worldwide simultaneously all at the same time.
0: That's exciting. So, um
1: but yeah, there's a there's a trailer out and it shows okay, I'm go watch and it trailer. shows like the different locations and stuff. There's like cities and snowy areas and forests. Yeah.
0: My next story is animal news. This is from NPR. And the headline is world's largest bee spotted for first time in decades. Whoa. Uh,
1: good. That's what I want to hear.
0: I don't think it's like a dangerous to humans oh, okay, bee. Good. I think it's just that's like a, Then I like. The largest bee ever discovered. Cool. Um,
1: I guess a lot of pollination done then.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, you might think the world's biggest bee would be easy to find, but that's not the case. Until recently, the last time anyone had reported seeing a Wallace's giant bee <laughs> living in the wild was in 1981. That changed in, uh, back in January, actually, when the rare bee was spotted on an, isle- on an island of Indonesia. The Wallace's giant bee, which, okay, get this. The scientific name is Mega Chili Pluto.
1: <laughs> what?
0: I don't know why. That's what it is. It's Mega Chili Pluto. <laughs> That's a scientific name.
1: That's so weird. It's like Pluto is probably Mega Chili. I just wonder if they had... They realized that when they were naming it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So the bee, um, it's a lot larger than European honeybees. The female size has been recorded as at least an inch and a half long, with its minimum, with a tongue that's nearly an inch long.
1: That's a big bee.
0: Uh, The bee also sports unusually large mandibles, which are often compared to a stag beetles. Here is the photo of it. Next to a normal bee. Whoa.
1: Whoa. It's very large. That's enormous. And okay. Like even it's, if it's not dangerous to humans, that's terrifying. It's head
0: is like bigger than a normal bee. Almost that's like,
1: like it's so big.
0: Like this isn't a true size photo. Right, but, you, like, but like, it shows the like bee the next to it. There. Yeah. It's huge. Oh
1: boy. Oh man. I would be so scared if I saw <laughs> one of those in real life.
0: Um, This is a quote. It was absolutely breathtaking to see this flying bulldog of an insect that we weren't sure existed anymore. To have real proof right there in front of us in the wild, said natural history photographer Clay Bolt, who was part of a small team that sought out the Wallace's giant bee. The team found a female bee living in a termite nest on the side of a tree, the large bee's preferred habitat. Female Wallace's giant bees use... (laughs) Who is is Wallace? (laughs) The guy that discovered this bee (laughs) (laughs) originally. Back in the uh, uh, 1850s, oh, I, that, I say that at the end. Oh, um, nope. no, you're fine. Right. <laughs> um, their natural habitat is, they use resin and wood to create tunnels and cells in existing termite nests, carving out their own living space away from the termites. Isn't that interesting?
1: That is cool.
0: Uh it is not unusual for the Wallace's giant bee to go <laughs> long periods without being seen by humans. It has been observed only a handful of times since it was discovered in the 1850s by British naturalist Alfred Russell Wallace. There it
1: is. <laughs> uh,
0: when the bee was last rediscovered in 1981, it had been presumed extinct at that time. Like they hadn't seen it in so long. They thought it was extinct in 1981 Then they saw it again and then it was presumed extinct again and now it for was just rediscovered.
1: 40, almost 40 years Right? Yeah.
0: That's... Yeah. Whew. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I don't know why, but they're just like very, it's rare to actually like encounter them in the wild, I guess. So we keep thinking that they're extinct and then they <laughs> show up. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, <laughs> so I guess that's good. I'm just, oh, they're so, they're so big.
0: So just describing the photo to the listeners, it's like a mix between a giant, um, one of those scarab beetles with the big pincers. Wait, is that what they're called? What did I say they were called? Stag beetles. Stag beetles, yeah. yeah. The, the black ones with the big pincers. Yeah. It looks like that, except a cross between that and a bee. And it's like the size of like a hummingbird or something, like <laughs> bigger, maybe even. And it's yeah. all black, too. It's, it's all black. like weird. Yeah.
1: It's creepy. It's terrifying. I'm glad it's okay. Just, I just don't want to see one.
0: Well, they found it in Indonesia, and that's um, very far from here. So yeah. you probably won't see one no in Ohio. No
1: plans to go to Indonesia.
0: Yeah, me neither. So so we're good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, the last story that I found was also animal news. And this comes from The Independent. Uh, mystery surrounds humpback whale found dead in depths of Brazil's Amazon jungle. What? Right?
0: <gasps> they found a whale <laughs> They found in a, the jungle?
1: They found a dead beached whale in, like, the middle of the Amazon. <laughs> what? Yeah. So uh, Brazilian wildlife experts are confused after discovering a dead humpback whale deep in the Amazon rainforest, like I just said. Uh, the 10-ton mammal was found in the jungle undergrowth on the island of Marajo, which sits at the mouth of the Amazon River. So it's like still like within the del- like the Amazon River Delta, like where it's going out to the ocean, but it was it's way further inland than they would have ever expected to find a whale. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, although scientists presume the enormous creature was hurled on shore during a storm, they do not understand how it came so far inland or why it was swimming off the coast in the first place. Um, officials from Para State's health, Sanitation, and Environment Department said they only found the 11 meter long whale after following the birds of prey which were scavenging on its huge carcass um wow uh renata amin the institute's project leader said we're still not sure how it landed there but we're guessing that the creature was floating close to the shore in the t- and the tide which has been pretty considerable over the last few days picked it up and threw it inland into the mangrove um along with this astonishing feat we're baffled as to what a humpback whale is doing to- on the north coast of brazil during february because it's a very unusual occurrence Um, They're commonly seen further south on the Bahia coast of Brazil between August and November, but rarely travel thousands of kilometers north to the mouth of the Amazon. So it's like, this is a very unusual place for a whale to be. Um, They said the whale is believed to be a calf, which got separated from its mother while migrating back south. That's their current theory. Um, And the State Environment Department told local television that the body of the whale would be left where it crash-landed into the jungle, but eventually they would take the skeleton um back to a natural history museum in the city of Bollem for a fu- uh, fu- uh, future study. Hmm. So, they're going yeah, to make Yeah, I was going to say I wonder it, if it
0: like was sick or something got turned around and then just started swimming the opposite way where it Yeah, was they're trying to, to do like an,
1: auto- an autopsy on it to try to figure out maybe what happened. Yeah, um, they're not really sure how it died either cuz they think it was dead before it ended up
0: um, oh. on
1: shore. So,
0: oh, weird.
1: But it's still just A very unusual place for a whale to be in the ocean, much less thrown inland in the Amazon.
0: That's so weird.
1: So strange. Well,
0: How would, like, a storm throw that inland, either? Like, that description, I can't really imagine that, like, happening.
1: Like, I guess it went... In my mind. Like, it somehow ended, like, up going into the Amazon, and, like, the tide carried it further or something, or... And then there was, like, maybe there was a storm while it was, like, in the river itself. I don't know. That's a mystery. It is. That's, yes.
0: Very weird. Very weird. All right. Well, it's time for breaking news. Breaking news? Yes, breaking news. (laughs) The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that were just posted today or just happened today, and we read them to you on the fly. Ready, set, go! Go! Okay, I found something on the Huffington Post. Uh, The headline is, Two people arrested after buffet brawl over crab legs. (laughs) Uh, This happened in Alabama. Alabama police say a dispute over crab legs at a dinner buffet ended in a brawl that left two people facing misdemeanor charges. Oh my gosh. Huntsville police officer Gerald Johnson says he was eating at the Meteor Buffet restaurant when a fight broke out. Johnson said that diners were using service tongs like fencing swords <laughs> and plates were shattering.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Johnson said the diners had been waiting in line for crab legs for more than 10 minutes, and they lost their tempers once the food came out. (laughs) So, like, someone must have, like, taken too much or something, and everyone was, like, waiting in line, and then the fight broke out literally, like, over the crab legs.
1: That is
0: ridiculous. Um, And the people involved were, one of them was charged with assault, and one of them was charged with disorderly conduct. So, (laughs) over crab legs at a buffet. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: uh, crab legs.
0: The lesson here is be nice to people and patient and kind in your life, people.
1: Yeah. Don't assault people over food. What are you doing?
0: Like, you're at a buffet, there's plenty of food there.
1: There's going to be, there's probably other food you could get while you wait for your crab legs.
0: Yeah. There's other options. You don't have to start assaulting someone because you want crab legs,
1: or ever. Really? What is your?
0: Yeah, actually, really ever. Don't do that. (laughs) Just don't do it. That's just bad. Just don't. Just
1: don't hurt people. How about?
0: Um, and when you add in that the reason is as ridiculous as this, then it's just like (laughs) makes it doubly bad. So doubly bad. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that happened (laughs) today.
1: oh come on people be better (laughs) story that i found is from upi and the headline is pizza pocket hoodie designed to keep pizza
0: slices warm what wait oh wait what (laughs) first first i thought it was gonna be like a hoodie that looked like a pizza pocket like like your other story, I just, yeah, I'm just bringing food-looking, food-looking yeah, clothes. But it's supposed to keep it warm. Like I feel like I saw that somewhere as like a joke advertisement. Well, it's n-
1: n- a joke no longer. A New Jersey man is crowdfunding a unique hoodie with one very special pe- feature: a pocket designed to keep your pizza warm. What? The quote pizza pocket hoodie, <laughs> invented by Medford resident Mike Harani features a large zipper pocket that contains a food-grade insulated pouch designed to fit a slice of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the pouch can be removed and washed individually to keep the sweatshirt from getting <laughs> tomato sauce stains. So, I mean, that's okay. thinking ahead. All right. um, his Kickstarter campaign made it more than 20% of the way to its $5,000 goal in just 24 hours with more than a month left to raise funds. So, it's well on its way, I guess. I didn't realize this was a problem people had often. So it just fits one slice of pizza. (laughs) If it's a single slice of pizza in this pocket.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I'm eating dinner, and I want to go walk my dog in the cold, but take a piece of pizza with me on the walk. You do? And it gets cold. So I could use the Pizza Pocket hoodie in that scenario to... Take the pizza with me. So halfway through my walk, if I'm hungry,
1: want a pizza. T- I could a pizza eat the pizza, pizza and it'll yeah. still be
0: warm. Can yeah. You think of any scenarios where you would use the pizza pocket hoodie?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was trying. You tried.
1: You made a very valiant effort.
0: I cannot but, yeah. think of. I any can't think real of a scenario where I'm like <laughs> where I would use that.
1: Well, I want one. Just one slice of pizza later. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like what... And
1: I don't have time to reheat it in the microwave or something. Like, I don't know what... The?
0: I'm now imagining other things. Like, what if you made a hoodie that, like, had a, a compartment on the back of it that just fit a whole pizza box <laughs> in it? So if you, like, you go to pick up your pizza and you're like, yeah, I have to drive home and I have to do this errand and the pizza's going to get cold by the time I get home. But I have this pizza box hoodie and you just slide it down your back and then it's just there and it but stays warm. It, like, That'd be more practical. When
1: it like, the pizza, though, collapse inside the box... By the time you got well, back... Is
0: it a, a sturdy pizza?
1: I guess if it's a sturdy pizza, that's not <laughs> a concern,
0: huh? Are you going to a good pizza place? Is your <laughs> pizza place sturdy? Yes, if it's sturdy enough, it'll uh, be fine. <laughs> I don't
1: know who that character was, but I liked it. <laughs>
0: All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description.
1: You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever other podcast app you want to use. Or you can follow us on social media at uh, facebook.com slash news or on Twitter at at news.
0: All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I hate
1: those shoes. They're so I bad. I hate everything so about bad. it. I hate
0: and I, hate, I like, hate that they're like, oh, millennials, millennials will buy this. Millennials.
1: Millennials love, love avocado toast. They love avocado toast. toast and why don't we just of- make
0: these really expensive, plain ugly sneakers that are just in the colors of avocado toast which aren't even like pretty nice colors but like it's avocado toast so millennials will buy it
1: they'll just want to like oh my god they'll want to like, take the shoe and melt it down and put it on a toast and eat it
0: let's like oh we already made some and they're already selling and like that means that this was a success so all millennials like avocado toast and it's proven now
1: yeah i'm just mad at the people who are encouraging them by buying it
0: <laughs> yeah who are those people i don't who know Who are I, they let's find them let's find
1: them and and shake a <laughs> finger in their face and say hey